I'm enrolling in Medicare soon, and it had me a little confused. Then I found MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, I could go online and compare Medicare Advantage plans from some top-rated national insurers, including $0 monthly premium plans. I can learn about plans in my area and talk with a licensed insurance agent if needed. MyHealthPolicy.com has made doing my research a whole lot easier. My choice, my Medicare, MyHealthPolicy.com. No intro music. Hell, I don't even know what to call this. Yeah, we have Breakfast with Blossie that I do every other Wednesday, but it is currently Tuesday afternoon, 1.55 p.m. Eastern on August 6th. Do we call this brunch with Blasi? Did AEW's news that came out two hours ago, did that just inadvertently spark a new show by yours truly? Maybe this leads to me doing two, three, four of these little mini-sodes every week just to talk about maybe one or two important news items. Hey, that's going to be up to you. If you all out there want it and a lot of people voice out and insist on it, I will do it. I will work around my schedule. Look, I came home for lunch. I said, okay, do I eat now? And then just talk about this on Breakfast Soup Live later? Or do I eat later and do this show now? Now, to be honest with everybody out there, I have Breakfast Soup Live tonight, Breakfast Soup tomorrow, blah, blah, blah on Friday, where I could have talked about this. But those are all Patreon shows. I think it would be very disrespectful for our non-patrons out there for me to wait an entire week to talk about the live TV that was released earlier today for AEW's week two and week three. I think it would be disrespectful to all of you out there. Last Wednesday on Breakfast with Blasi, I talked about it. I got into it a little bit further yesterday. And I said about 10,000 times yesterday, it's not a matter of being right or wrong. But as each week goes by, and only the first TV tapings for week one, well, not TV tapings, but the first live TV for AEW's week one is the only thing announced. And we're less than two months away to October. You know, where's week two? Where's week three? And it's not being an over-anxious AEW fan. Week, week two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Where is it? I need to know. No. There's a lot of logistics involved. You know, you have, remember the on-sale date for AEW in Washington was announced to us like three weeks ago. They went on sale late last week. The tickets sold out. And by the way, for all of you out there that really wanted to go to the first event in Washington, or maybe you just wanted to buy tickets and possibly make a little money off of it, which is legal. AEW released more tickets earlier today for the Capital One Arena, Washington, D.C. The only problem is, is that most of the tickets that are available on Ticketmaster right now that they just released are the expensive seats, tickets that go as high as $1,500. And yes, you have the secondary market that is selling basically tickets for, you know, the 10 times the price, 20 times the price. Some of the tickets are reasonable. And I still laugh at goofs out there that rip AEW to say, they're not really sold out. Look at the secondary market. There's 4,000 tickets available. They're lying. Motherfucker, do you know anything about business? If I have 10,000 of anything and I fucking sell all 10,000, and I find out later that some matarats or a bunch of matarats or businessmen bought them 
with the sole purpose of trying to resell it for more money? What's wrong with that? Look at a baseball card. They have commemorative baseball cards. Oh, blah, 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 blah. I had an unbelievable baseball game. So Tops, for one day only, are going to release all of these cards. And then they all sell out. And then you find out there's about a 1,000 of them on eBay selling for 10 times the price. Does that mean that Tops didn't really sell out because there's so many on sale? No. AEW put their tickets on sale last week, and everybody bought them. If it ends up that two, three, four thousand tickets were bought from scalpers, AEW's got the money in their pocket. If those scalpers get way too greedy, and then we get the day of AEW's first live show in Washington, and those scalpers did not sell their tickets because they demanded too much money, well, guess what? AEW still has the money in their pocket. If you see a thousand empty seats for their first live event in Washington, Save your time from tweeting online. Hey, everybody, look, I found 500 seats empty. It wasn't sold out. No, those 500 seats are probably dumb morons on fucking secondary sites that demanded too much money and nobody fucking wanted to spend that money and they weren't able to sell the tickets. Plain and simple. But again, I think it would be disrespectful to all of you out there for me to wait an entire week to update you regarding the live events for week two and week three because we have the information. I also think it would be uh, disrespectful to AEW itself, even though they don't give a shit about me. I mean, I thought I brought up some valid points last Wednesday and last night. You know, we're getting very close to October. If tickets are going on sale and these events are going to be live, You know, yeah, I know it was mentioned on an Austin podcast, and I know Cody had said it once before, but until you actually see these tickets on sale and it's a live event, things change. But it is now official. AEW live events week two and week three are announced. Now, as far as the ticket on sale date and the ticket prices, we will not know until Friday, August 9th at 12 noon. So, hey, if you all want it, maybe we do another mini-sode like this Friday afternoon. Maybe we'll return with Brunch with Blasi. And let me also stress the fact that if we start doing these mini-sodes a couple of times a week going forward, it's not always going to be just about AEW. If there's a couple of particular news items or discussions that really need to be said that you don't want to wait until the following Monday to talk about, yeah, I'm going to come up here and definitely do it if you all request it. Now, again, Friday, 12 noon, August 9th, we will know the actual on-sale date for these two events and the ticket prices. But let me get into some details as far as what I have right now and a little bit about the venues themselves. Now, first off, Wednesday, October 9th, week two of AEW will take place in Boston, Massachusetts at the Aganis Arena. Doors open 6.30 p.m. Uh, Showtime starts at 7.30 p.m. Now, as far as the Aganis Arena, for anybody that's going to ask me some details, you know, I've never been there. I looked at some photos early. It looks like a really nice place. It is home of the Boston University Terriers. They play uh, hockey there. Depending on what type of an event goes down at that arena, seating capacity anywhere from 5,500 to 7,000, which I think 
is very reasonable for AEW. And look, right now it's new. It's exciting. It's new. The unknown is in, is very refreshing and enjoyable. But let's also be honest. You know, newness factor wears off, whether it's a relationship, a new toy, a new promotion. So will they be able to maintain 7, 10, 15,000 ticket sales? I don't know about that. And to say that it's highly unlikely is not a shot at AEW. I mean, my God, ECW was such a freaking hotbed in the mid to late 90s. I mean, it just, people said it was, attitude was born because of ECW and stuff like that. And even when you look at ECW in 99, 2000, you know, you'd be lucky if you could get 3,000 tickets sold in an event. Sure, we can't compare 2000 to 2019, but there are a lot of disgruntled, WWE fans out there and AEW is going to all offer an alternative hell there are a lot of disgruntled TNA fans out there impact wrestling anthem took it over it was going to be mostly it's almost like a Canadian promotion they do have events here in the United States but for the most part it just feels like a Canadian promotion there are enough fans out there that could fill these buildings I personally think Having buildings, four or 5,000 seats is ideal. And hell, you know, as, as exciting as we all feel about AEW, we also got to keep in perspective that there's a very small percentage of fans that create the most noise on social media. And yeah, StarCast, the first all-in, fucking sold out beautifully. You also have to remember that there was a big convention for three days that led into that event. When you don't have conventions anymore and it's straight up just events, you know, not everybody in AEW are household names yet. You will have your share of fans going, but it's got to build and you want to start off conservatively. So, you know, the newness factor, yeah, the first couple of weeks, absolutely. But I think if AEW starts booking venues, 3,000 seats, 4,000 seats, 2,500 seats. Do not feel or do not trust any of these goofs are immediately going to say, oh, you see, AEW went from 10,000 seats to two. That's just ignorant and stupid. But right now, hell, they have a great shot at selling out the second and third week. So let's see as far as ticket price. I don't think it should be any surprise that some of these prime seats are going to be expensive. I don't think it'll be in the 1500 range like the first event. But, you know, you're going to have some premium pricing. You should have an idea. If you go to concerts, you go to sporting events, you go to basketball, hockey, baseball, and you want some ringside fucking front row, you know, field seats, you're going to pay a pretty penny. So... Let's see what happens, but that's the details for Boston, Massachusetts. Now, the event in Philly is going to be October 16th. Doors open 6.30 p.m. Showtime is at 7.30 p.m. It is going to take place at the Leochorus. Is that how you pronounce it? Leochorus Center. Maybe I'm saying it wrong. Forgive me. I never fucking heard of the place before. It's at Temple University, which I have heard of. Now, as far as seating capacity there, Look at the photos online. It looks like a really nice area. The Apollo of Temple. That was the original name when it opened in 97. It's still a fairly new venue. 
far as seating capacity, you're looking anywhere from about 8,000 to 10,000, depending on the type of event. I think you've had quite a few concerts there uh, take place. I think boxing is also taking place over there. Ticket prices on sale date will be Friday, the 9th of August as well. And for anybody out there that's going to say, hey, DT, would you consider going to Philly for October 16th? Absolutely. Absolutely. See, everybody knows I tried my hardest to go to the first StarCast. I was invited and, you know, just unfortunately because of my type of work, I couldn't take that many days off. And But going to Philly is just a 90-minute drive. I mean, remember, when I was getting ready to work for XPW, we were pushing fucking tickets and flyers way before XPW had their first event in the ECW arena. You know, we went to CZW, me, Matt Zombie, Brian Damage, Timmy Austin got rest his soul. We drove all the way there with the intent of just to flyer everybody's cars and drive all the way back to New York. When XPW had TV in Philly, I would drive all the way to Philly to fucking drop off the tape at the TV studio and drive all the way back to New York. I mean, that's it. So driving to Philly is not a big deal for yours truly. I've been to many wrestling events in Philly. But if a lot of you out there are seriously going to go, let me know. But please do not tweet fuck me. I am not interested in tweet fucking as well. There are too many people out there that, you know, oh my God, I'm there. I'm there. No, 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 I'm there. I'm there. I'm there. And then you don't show up. Just like a lot of people, when I came out with some old t-shirt designs, oh my God, put that on a shirt. I'm the first one buying it. Thousand people. Oh my God, I put that on a shirt. I'm there. I buy it. And you sell three. And then look on the flip side as well. You have people, you know, that do websites and podcasts and bloggers that will tell you that they'll be at wrestling events and they'll fucking tell you week in and week out just to get all this attention. Oh, man, can't wait to meet you. Finally, can't wait. And I'm not talking about Lucky 13. It's not any shot. I swear on my mother. I'm not talking about that. But you have general wrestling events. Oh, man, I'm there. I'm going. I could just see. I look forward to see you. Then the event comes and goes and suddenly they're quiet. And then you realize they were never going in the first place. They just wanted to get the attention. It, it's a drug. They love getting that feeling of people saying to them, man, I can't wait to meet you. Finally, you know, we'll go hang out, have some fun. I'm going to buy you a beer and blah, 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 blah. It's a fucking drug. They look at their computer and they smile. They smile. Oh, I'm wanted. I feel important. People actually want to go all the way to this wrestling event just to shake my hand. And I'm going to keep telling them I'm going. But meanwhile, they have no intention on going. They just want to get tweet fucked. I'm not interested in tweet fucked. If I can go, I will tell you I can go. Driving for two hours and driving back for two hours is not a big deal for yours truly, especially the fact that I'm having this gallbladder taken out on all, what, through two weeks from now? So hopefully by mid-October, there's no pain. So hell yeah, man. I w- if anybody's seriously considering going, let me know. And I will definitely try to work, the- work it out on going. I just want to know AEW. When the fuck are you coming to New York? We need some New York shows, man. Now, I want to talk about something else that I see a lot of you conversing about. And some of you wanted my thoughts on it as well. Cody Rhodes has been making some comments lately saying that 
He doesn't want to cater to casual wrestling fans out there. He wants to focus on his core audience. Remember what yours truly said last year, AEW will be the first millennial promotion. That doesn't mean that non-millennials will be fans of it as well. But people want to know, you know, is Cody stupid for, you know, just focusing on a very small core audience? And my answer is no. I think Cody is right on with this, and I think he's smart. And I'll use the Taboo Tuesday example that I used a long time ago. I used to fucking hate when WWE would put these polls on their website, you know, and telling people, oh, you could vote 5, 10, 800 times. And then they would issue these press releases. We got 8 billion votes. Meanwhile, a lot of people are voting for matches, stuff like that for pay-per-views. And you knew they weren't even ordering the pay-per-view. You know, it's it's there's nothing wrong with doing polls and just basically trying to get a feel from the general wrestling public out there, how they feel about this, how they feel about that, how they feel about blood. What do you think about this? How do you feel about this character, this gimmick? What do you think about that? But at the end of the day, I think Cody Rhodes realizes that there are a lot of people out there just looking to get tweet fucked. And there's a lot of people out there that will vote on lots of things that they never will invest a penny on. And I think Cody Rhodes focusing on the core audience of AEW is important and logical and and smart because he knows that core audience, they're the ones that are going to butter his bread. And I don't mean in a sexual way. They're the ones that are going to, you know, bankroll AEW. You start catering to casual fans out there, what's going to happen is you're going to have a lot of people influencing the direction of the way AEW handles things. And those people, more times than not, are not going to be watching the product, that are not going to be buying the shirts, that are not going to order the pay-per-views, that are not going to buy the tickets. They just want to participate. I mean, that's what it is. And when WWE used to put these polls on their website, look, you want to put, fine. But when you're having people determine what is going to be seen on a pay-per-view, and meanwhile, 90% of those people are not even ordering the pay-per-view, I always felt, you know what? You order a pay-per-view, then you have the right to submit. You know, when they would do like these fucking, you pick the match, you pick the stipulation, you pick the opponent. How's about the people that invest And buying a pay-per-view, those are the ones that get to vote because those are the ones that put the money into the product and those are the ones I think that have a right. They are the stockholders, you know? Just like what I do with Patreon. I know 99.6% of our audience are not on Patreon and I always listen to everybody's ideas out there and suggestions and what you like and don't like. I welcome it. I honestly feel I'm one of the most approachable people in podcast land, bar none. But at the end of the day, though, when you have a very core audience that are willing to fucking financially assist you so you can pay bills and survive, and they spend 5, 10, 15 hours a week listening to your content, you mean to tell me that I'm not going to focus on those people a little bit more than casual people say, oh, you should stop this. Oh, you should talk about this more. Oh, you should do this. And then you don't even know if they're watching.
So, no, I actually agree with Cody that he wants to focus on the AEW core audience. But at the same time, though, you need to get casual fans to start tuning into the product. Remember, I made this mistake in Hotline Land in the mid to late 90s. I made this mistake in Podcast Land in the early 2000s. When I started my hotline in 1997, for a couple of years, I used to have fun making fun of all the other hotlines out there. Remember I did that little special, The Weakest Mark? I played clips of all these other hotlines who sounded like goofs. And we did this award thing to give the Weakest Mark Awards. They were the fucking Weakest Marks. And then I did the podcast land, and we were making fun of all of these podcasters. At that time, I used to say used to play footsie with their guests, all right? But I realized, and I should have learned from the hotline days, that, you know what? I want people to listen to me, not because other people suck, but because I'm good, because I actually connect with my audience, And the same thing goes with AEW. They don't want people to tune in because WWE sucks or any other federation sucks. They want people to tune in because AEW is good. And their core audience is going to be the ones that are going to be the most vocal. Now, at the same time, though, you got to be careful because there are people out there that just just want to feel like they're part of a family, part of a movement, part of whatever. So you have to keep things in perspective. But at the same time, though, the core audience of AEW is not going to put out the numbers that Tony Khan, TNT, everybody involved with AEW is going to want to put out in the end. They need to attract the casual fans. Hell, look at Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor for fucking over a decade. You know, when do they have their best attendance? Let's be honest now. When is Ring of Honor, what shows do they have their best attendance? Their WrestleMania? Their fucking, you know, uh, whatever? No. Their biggest attended shows are when they try to piggyback a WWE event. Now, in a business standpoint, that's smart. You got all these fans out of the country, out of state. They're all getting together, gathering for WrestleMania weekend. And there are people out there, hey, you know, I always wanted to see a Ring of Honor event. Let me go. And they fucking draw 1,300, 1,500, 1,800, 2,000. Oh, my God, Ring of Honor. You you see what's going on? They drew 2,000 people. And then a week later, they're drawing a buck 40 in Vegas. I mean, remember what we talked about with Ring of Honor last year. It's always smart business to try to capitalize and get as many people who are in an area to, to watch your product and put some money into it. But you need this to happen on a regular basis. And AEW's going to need to expand their audience more than just the fucking core audience. Got to get casual fans to tune in as well. But um, I think it's going to be very, very interesting. A lot of this... You know, people bring up Monday Night Wars and all this stuff. And yeah, it's, you know, it, it, WWE is not, you know, going to be nicey about this. If they put NXT up against AEW, you know, it's going to hurt some of AEW's numbers. On the flip side of it, 
it's going to hurt NXT in its numbers as well because here's the thing. NXT is on the WWE Network. NXT has had those takeover events, and let's be honest, a lot of them have been excellent. But in all actuality, you don't really know on a weekly basis uh, NXT's numbers as far as how many people actually tune in live or watch it. You remember last year with Evolution, the women's pay-per-view that WWE put on, and you know, all this, oh, give women a chance, give women a chance, all these women in WWE, women, 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 fine, fine. And I said, why doesn't WWE put out a weekly TV event for the women? You have airtime. Give them some airtime. Give them their own show. It's not being sexist or anything like that. I honestly feel to this day that the reason why WWE has not given the women their own TV show, even if it's once a month, is because they are somewhat concerned that the ratings will be piss piss poor. So you fucking inflate the women, make them the main event at WrestleMania, which honestly, let's be honest, whether WWE oversold it, over pushed it at the expense of a lot of other wrestlers, that's one thing. But Charlotte, Becky Lynch, and Ronda definitely earned the right to main event last year. Not disagreeing with that at all. The match, you know, a little bit disappointing nonetheless, but hey, that happens in the world of pro wrestling. You know, you, you have to just understand that. But Putting all that aside, they made this idea that the women and the men in WWE are equal grounds as far as TV exposure and this and that. Wrestling has been a male soap opera for decades, century, whatever. That's not disrespectful to women. There are certain sports out there that you have men and women participate in, and, and in a lot of cases, the women garner more attention. You can't force, you know, a, another gender to take over extra TV because you want to make a statement. You do it because of the interest and because of the ratings. And if women do not have as, as strong of a rating as the men, that doesn't mean the women stink. It doesn't mean that people are sexist. It's just that some professions, you prefer to watch men do it instead of men and women. I can't watch women ultimate fight. I'm sorry. I mean, Ronda Rousey, impressive as fuck. I've seen a lot of her fights. I see her knocking people out. I've seen her getting knocked out. It, but I just don't like watching women beat the fuck out of them. Like, I don't even like watching these clusterfuck videos that people post on YouTube of just random women battling it out at a Walmart or in a ghetto area or whatever. I, I just can't get into that female violence. What does that mean? You know, oh, uh, it's just the bottom line. So I think WWE, deep down inside, realizes that a majority of the ratings, a majority of the buy rates, a majority of the merchandise, uh, with the exception of Becky and some others, is dominated by men. That's not a sexist. That's just the way business is in certain niches and genres and forms of entertainment. So you, you know, give this aura that the women are 50-50, and then you put out a TV show and the women get a fucking 0.4 rating. You know, that's kind of embarrassing. And with NXT right now, NXT's on the network. And on the network, you know, it's very quiet as far as how many, how much shows do it, how many viewers here, live, this and that. They will tell you what the most popular shows are, but you never really hear much on a weekly basis as far as what the actual numbers are. Put that on fucking... Fox, put that on a fucking cable show, 
and now all of a sudden NXT is getting a 0.2? I'm not in any way saying that that's what it's actually going to be. My point is, is that they have this aura of NXT being this very popular, big product out there, and then you put it on regular cable. Now you're forced to provide actual viewership numbers. You know, what are you going to blame it on? If the numbers are really, really bad, what do you blame it on? I think AEW, they definitely have momentum. There are a lot of people excited, but they also have to be very, very careful going forward. They can't fall into the trap of what TNA was doing. TNA was booking five, six, seven, ten thousand 10,000-seat arenas and drawing a 1,000. And to try to keep the interest... You know, they would have Jeremy Barsh, oh, you've been such great people. I'm going to talk to Dixie about having a pay-per-view come over here. And all the fans over there, oh, my God, they really, really care about us. Oh, I'm going to the next show because they're going to have a pay-per-view here down the line. And it's just pandering to people and make them feel like they were extra special. But at the end of the day, they only drew a 1,000 people in a 10,000-seat arena. So AEW needs to give the aura of being in extra demand. Yeah, I always felt if you think you're going to sell around 4,000 tickets, you don't book a 10,000-seat arena. You book a 4,000-seat arena or a 5,000-seat arena. And this way, if it fills up, if you end up with 500 or 1,000 fans that wanted to go, but the tickets were sold out and people were standing outside hoping to get in but couldn't, you give this aura that it's packed through the roof. But you have those same 5,000 fans buy tickets and you book a 15,000-seat arena instead of a five, you look at that on paper and you look at that on, on fucking TV and it looks embarrassing. Look at all the empty seats. You know, you can't use the logic, well, they booked it in a 15,000-seat arena. I don't think anybody realistically thought they could draw 15,000. No, yeah, you don't just book 15,000-seat arenas thinking I'm only going to draw 2,000. Unless you got a fucking buy one, get one free deal, or it's the only choice of a venue that you could select. No, you book venues with the overall idea that you can fill it to the max. And you can't run into this trap of booking two, three, four months in advance in these gigantic arenas, and then reality kicks in, and in a 10,000-seat arena, you only have 2,000 paid and another two, 3,000 papered. So AEW, the first three weeks, good luck to them. I think it's going to be phenomenal. I think AEW is going to take a very cautious approach down the line. And please, in no way, shape, or form, if you hear them book venues and only seat 3,000 people, do not feel like there's any concern or AEW may have overshot and they're cutting back. And it's, No, it's smart business. It's smart business. As excited as everybody is and as exciting that it's going to be on TNT and as exciting as somebody, some people think it's going to be a Wednesday night war, you know, at the end of the day, nothing has happened yet. No TV has taken place. No ratings have come in. And, you know, do I, I had this debate with Kev Castle last week. Kev thinks if the numbers are piss poor, that TNT could cancel it very, very quickly. I tend to think that TNT knows it's a brand new promotion. There's a lot of unknown, and they're giving that opportunity to AEW. And if 
it ends up being disappointing numbers substantially lower than what they are all projecting. I think they'll just get moved to a different time slot. But that also could hurt them tremendously because I love the idea of live TV. I absolutely prefer live TV a thousand times over a taped event. Give me a live event for any fucking promotion and there's a good chance I'll be watching it. But you announce all these on-sale dates for Wednesday, 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 and then TNT, because they're not happy with the ratings, they move them to a fucking Thursday night 1 a.m. slot or Friday at 8 or Thursday at 9. You know, now it's no longer a live show because you're not going to call those venues and say, hey, can you do me a solid? And could you change the, the event date from Wednesday to 20, blah, 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 to Thursday to blah, 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 blah? No, it won't be live anymore. So if you are really a supporter of AEW and you could financially handle it and they are in your area, get off your ass and go to an event. Even if you've never been to a wrestling event before, you don't need to get tweet fucked before because you go, you know, and, and for any promotion out there. If you're a fan of promotion, they're coming to your area. You know, the only way to get to come back is if they have some type of ticket success out there. I saw WWE recently canceled shows at a particular area. I think it was some rodeo place. They canceled them twice. They canceled it the first time because of poor ticket sales and they blamed it on scheduling. Then they put him on sale again, and, you know, the tickets still didn't sell, so they had to cancel it a second time. I'm sorry for those few fans who did buy tickets in that area. Um, I don't think WWE's coming back to your area anytime soon, unless they have no choice. So you want it to succeed, you got to put some investment into the product. Not everybody has to contribute money, but you need to watch the shows, go to the events if you can, buy some merchandise, spread the word. You know, there's a lot of things you can do. But the idea of Cody focusing on the core audience of AEW, very, very smart, very, very uh, necessary in this climate. And hopefully those casual fans will become part of their core audience. That's what ECW used to do back then. And I'm not comparing you know, early ECW to early AEW. It's a totally different climate, totally different era. Ultimate whatever was new. Jerry Springer, Girls Gone Wild. It was just a different attitude and a different climate just in society, period. You cannot compare anything from yesteryear to now. But there's no reason why you can't be as excited and kind of reminisce and feel like you have similar vibes that you did in the past. I had similar vibes with TNA when they first debuted in 02. You know, the but the idea of a weekly pay-per-view was a little bit difficult because you always felt that a promotion needed free TV to build up to a pay-per-view. And with TNA early on, there was nothing free. You either paid it and watched it or you didn't watch it at all. And that is the extreme example of focusing only on your core audience because you never gave casual fans a sample to see what they're missing and get them to tune in. I mean, you really just didn't. So the idea that AEW will be live on TV leading up to pay-per-views definitely feels a little bit like TNA because of, you know, the newness factor. But as far as on a weekly basis... 
I don't know if I can compare it to WCW in 1995. I don't know if I can. There's just the roster, the superstars, you know, Ted Turner, just just mammoth larger-than-life stars. Unfortunately, in this current climate of pro wrestling, we don't have the caliber, the huge number of larger-than-life stars unless they're over the age of 50. We'll see what happens, everyone. But I am out of here. Believe it or not, and I'm not saying, I wasn't even going to mention it, but I, after this, have to go to the beach house. Uh, My father's in Long Island Jewish Hospital right now. Literally five minutes after I posted on Twitter, I was going to do this little mini-show today, my mom calls me up and says, my father fell. And um, I'm not going to give all the details yet because I don't know them that clear. But my father fell from a high distance and he couldn't walk and he didn't want to go to the hospital originally, but somebody convinced him to go to the hospital. They sent him to LIJ and um, they haven't released him yet because he can't walk. He didn't break any bones, but they will not release him until he shows proof that he can walk a little bit. And I have a little bit of a fear that they are going to keep him overnight. But as far as tonight's uh, Breakfast Soup Live, that will go on as scheduled. Because even if I do go to LIJ later to see my dad, uh, visiting hours end, I think, at like 8 or 9 o'clock. So I will be home in plenty of time to do Breakfast Soup Live. If you're online tonight for our patrons and on Discord, stop by, say hi. Mish and I will be up there. And uh, let me know what you thought. You know, should I continue these mini-sodes on a regular basis? two or three a week when necessary, let me know. I'll talk to you later, everyone. Be well. Ciao. I'm enrolling in Medicare soon, and it had me a little confused. Then I found MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, I could go online and compare Medicare Advantage plans from some top-rated national insurers, including $0 monthly premium plans. I could learn about plans in my area. And talk with a licensed insurance agent if needed. MyHealthPolicy.com has made doing my research a whole lot easier. My choice. My Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, MyHealthPolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. MyHealthPolicy.com. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, MyHealthPolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. MyHealthPolicy.com. New to Medicare? Go to MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers. Start now to find a plan and apply online. MyHealthPolicy.com makes it easy to find a Medicare Advantage plan in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. My decision, my Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com